Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about why. Why is it that we can't seem to control ourselves? Why can't we control our triggers? Why is it that once we're off to the races with our partner, we can't seem to stop? And what do we do about it? Have you ever had the experience of emotionally, you go from zero to 60 and there doesn't seem to be anything in between. It's kind of like if you've ever driven in a Tesla, you step on the accelerator and the car just goes, only it may have the excitement, but the impact on everyone around you is just a little terrifying. Have you ever had that experience with your partner where both of you go from zero to 60? Well, that is what we call being triggered. And we've done a lot of episodes on what it means to be triggered. What is a trigger? How do you work through or around a trigger? But we've never really talked about why it happens, what's good about it, and how you can permanently change that reaction. How much would you like to permanently change that reaction? Most people would give an arm and a leg for it because it's the difference between having a marriage that works and divorce. So first, let's talk about what does it mean to be triggered. In order to talk about what it means to be triggered, we need to have a conversation about the unconscious mind. In case you're not sure what this is, about 80 or 90% of who we are, of our mind, is what's called unconscious. And the other 10 to maybe 20%, depending on who you talk to, is conscious. The conscious mind is the part that is analyzing, that uses words, that is thinking in words. The unconscious mind is doing pretty much everything else. The unconscious mind navigates life for us. When you're driving a car, you're not really thinking about it. That's your unconscious mind. When you're walking upstairs, that's your unconscious mind. When you get into a fight, that's your unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind is the part of you that's your operating system. All the software for how to manage situations is ingrained in your unconscious mind. So the next question you got to ask for yourself or ask yourself, not just for yourself, but ask yourself is, where does that programming come from? That programming comes from us. And most of the programming for the unconscious mind, studies show, occur between the ages of zero to five or zero to seven in there. And that makes perfect sense. When we're small children, What's going on is we're just absorbing the interactions around us, the situations around us, and we're trying to figure out what's our place in them and how should we react to them. And a lot of the reactions that we learn, we're learning from people in our environment. And we learn those lessons by observing them, seeing what works for them, and adopting it for ourselves. A blameful way to say this would be our parents program our unconscious mind, and it Fs us up for the rest of our life. That's one way we could look at it if we wanted to. Another way we could look at it is we're thrown into these life situations in our families, and we look for what's working and what's not, and we choose to adopt behavior patterns that work for us. And the way that those behavior patterns become set is we see emotional triggers that go with the strategies that we evolve to respond to those situations. So, for example, if you have two parents who fight a lot, a strategy you might evolve is to separate them by getting in the middle of them. That might work. It might not. If it gives you negative repercussion, you're going to stop doing that. 
fact, if it gets you negative repercussion, when they start fighting, a new strategy might be to hide. Whatever strategy you choose, when it starts to be something that works, it becomes a regular part of your psychological repertoire, rep repertoire, a piece of your unconscious mind. And we keep building strategies until they work, until we have a, a frame that works for us in life. And we continue to build on that frame as we evolve and grow. All right, so we meet someone, we fall in love, we have that head over heels experience, everything's good, everything's wonderful. Part of what's happening there is they're tapping a lot of things in our unconscious mind, a lot of conditions that we have for what it means to be happy. A lot of those conditions are situations that we absorbed when? When we were children. We saw that X, Y, and Z equals happiness, whatever that means to us. And if they have X and Y, we're attracted to them. If they have X, Y, and Z, even more. If they have X, maybe not so much. This is basically how attraction works. Or maybe they have A, B, and C, and we feel like we're missing A, B, and C. And they see that we have X, Y, and Z, and they feel like they're missing X, Y, and Z. And so we're drawn to each other. This is the unconscious mind in the falling in love stage. We skipping a lot of steps here. We get married, we have children. And once we get married or start living as a married couple, our ideas of what it means to be married start to kick in. Our ideas of what it means to be married come from where? Our childhood, right? So next thing you know, we find that we believe they're acting like our parent. Maybe we don't think it consciously, but our unconscious mind is recognizing a negative parent about our, a negative pattern about our parent that maybe we didn't like so much and we have a reaction to it. Or maybe we notice that we're acting like our parent. Our unconscious mind elicits a strategy we learned from our parent in their married life and puts it into action. Not unusual, even normal. And what happens then? What happens is we start developing patterns with each other, dances with each other. This is happening on both sides, by the way. It isn't just happening for us. Our, our other, the other partner sees patterns in us that reminds them of their childhood, and they start acting out patterns from their own childhood as well. We basically start becoming our parents and seeing our parents. Now, that may sound just horrible. It may sound really sick. Oh, my God, am I sleeping with my mom? Am I sleeping with my dad? I'm sleeping with both of them. That's so terrible. But that's not really what's happening. So let's go back to what is the purpose of the unconscious mind. Remember, the unconscious mind is our operating system, right? It's supposed to automatically move us through all the things in life. And when our operating system gets a glitch in it, or there's a program that's running in it that's not helping it to achieve its primary goal, what does the unconscious mind want to do? The unconscious mind normally and naturally wants to purge the program that is not working for it. Why do we pick people that have ABC when we have XYZ and vice versa? Why do we start acting like our parents? Why do they start acting like our parents? Why do they start acting like their parents? And why do we start showing up as their parents? Because our unconscious minds are both seeking to release strategies and programs that are not working in every life situation. And we pick someone with whom we can feel safe and with whom we can do this dance. The problem is our conscious mind doesn't always recognize it. And that's where things get messy. 
our conscious mind starts to say, God, he is such a ba ba ba. She is so all. Did you see what she said? Did you see what he did? Did you see what happened there? I can't believe this. And our conscious mind starts accumulating evidence against the other person instead of looking where? On the inside, right? And the problem is that our conscious mind is in a continuous process of deflection and blame. It might even be an unconscious strategy. A part of us is constantly deflecting and blaming and looking to find fault in others rather than looking internally. When instead, the process we need to be undergoing is to be looking on the inside, looking at what is the wiring inside of me? What is the thing inside of me that's coming up that feels so triggering? And how can I allow my unconscious mind to let it go? That's the path to sanity. Instead, what we do is we go to a couples counselor, or we go to a therapist, or we go to a coach, and they give us strategies, conscious strategies, on how to work around our triggers. I know uh, a pattern I used to teach people before I learned how to help people employ their unconscious minds in releasing triggers. A pattern I used to teach people was to identify their trigger, to identify in themselves when they saw that they were feeling triggered and how to stop and reset themselves. Now, then they would return to have a conversation with the other person when they were feeling less triggered. Now, did that get rid of the trigger? No. What it meant was there was always this emotional landmine inside their unconscious mind that was in the way. Instead, I was teaching them conscious workarounds for these unconscious landmines. What happens when we start to identify enough unconscious landmines that our conscious mind becomes overwhelmed. What happens is we fail to work around them and eventually, like any good volcano, we explode. That may take some time. You could go through years of learning to manage the little gl glitches and blips in your unconscious mind with your conscious mind before you get to the point where you feel totally overwhelmed and you have some kind of breakdown. Could be a mental breakdown, could be an emotional breakdown, could be a breakdown in the workspace. It might be that you get divorced because you just can't find enough workarounds in your marriage anymore. These are all possible outcomes. But what if, what if you really could employ your unconscious mind to straighten out your unconscious mind? Instead of working around these little neuroses or limiting beliefs or emotional stuck points that you've been stumbling over and bumbling over in your marriage, in your workplace, in your, in your lifestyle or whatever area you want to look on, what if you could release it? And that, my friends, is the holy grail of personal healing. Well, there is a technique called mental and emotional release. It is a, a technique in which the unconscious mind is actively employed in releasing the limiting beliefs and stuck emotions implanted in the unconscious mind. Yes, that's right. The unconscious mind, which has been designed to guide us through life, actually can heal itself given the right circumstances and process. I know that may sound surreal, but 
I've been through this process personally, and I've get, taken many people through it, and it works consistently. Now, does that mean you're going to get exactly the result that you think that you want? Maybe not, because a lot of times the things we think we want are being influenced by those triggers and glitches in our unconscious mind. And once those things are removed and cleared up, we find out what we really want. But, and what will really happen when you release those little programming glitches, those little old pieces of software that served us once but serve us no more, those thought patterns and emotional stuck points that are poisoning our experience in our marriage and other areas of our life, what will happen is we'll start to have emotional congruence within ourselves. We'll start to have values that are congruent with ourselves. We'll be able to start to dream of our own future again. Dream in a way that is unpolluted and uncorrupted by the limitations of belief systems, emotional strategies, and thought patterns that no longer serve us. And that is the value of the mental and emotional release process. And it's a process that you can use as an individual. It's a process that a couple can use. It's a way you can reset yourselves and redirect yourselves in your marriage. And so I want you to think about how liberating it could be to have this in your life. What does it mean? What does the idea that your unconscious mind is your ally mean to you? your ally, which can reset itself without years of talk therapy, without years on the couch, without years of counseling. Start to get that some of the breakdowns in couples counseling, for example, is that the counselor is always working with people who have on both sides emotional patterns that are limiting their lives, limiting the way they experience things, limiting the way they see things. And so, of course, the process can only succeed on a temporary basis, or maybe not at all. Very often in the counseling and therapeutic processes, people start making compromises that just represent further comprom compromising of their values, which they have already compromised themselves in order to stay in the relationship. So the more you compromise your values, the more out of sync you are with what's important to you, the less likely the relationship is to work. Now imagine that you have a process that you can do in a couple of days that will help you to clear out all that baggage and realign your values, realign your thoughts, realign your internal self, your unconscious mind, so that you can move forward with greater clarity, simplicity, and success in your life. Imagine the difference it can make in your marriage. Imagine the difference it can make in your career. And I'm telling you that this is not some magic snake oil, it's actually a process that's been validated through psychological studies and utilized by thousands of people. So I want you to think about this. Where do you want to be in your marriage? Where do you want to be in your relationship? Do you want to keep eliciting conscious workarounds for unconscious baggage and stuck points? Or would you rather just allow your unconscious mind to do your job, do its job, your job, its job? Your unconscious mind is you. Would you rather just allow yourself to do the job that you created your unconscious mind for? And that is to guide you through life. How would it feel to go through life trusting your intuition and your gut every moment? How would that feel? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, sometimes your conscious mind might go, well, but that's all right. It's just your conscious mind. As long as you're trusting your unconscious mind and the decisions it's making, things are so much simpler.
and so much easier. So if you're interested in learning more about the mental and emotional release technique, I invite you to reach out to me at richinrelationship.com, R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com or my email, which is rich at richinrelationship.com or direct message me here on this platform or just comment on the video below. I'd love to hear what are your thoughts about your relationship with your unconscious mind? I mean, if it's 80 or 90% of who you are, is your unconscious mind a friend an ally, or is it an enemy to be watched out for and managed? I like to think of my unconscious mind as Clifford the Big Red Dog. And the reason why is Clifford the Big Red Dog, he's big, and he has to be really careful where he steps because he impacts many people. And he's very loving and caring. And he knows his place in the world. He understands that he's big. And at the same time, he's obedient to his owner. Uh, in that he loves and serves her. Clifford is thoughtful, kind, and giving. And so that's the model I've chosen for my unconscious mind. What's the model you'd like to choose for your unconscious mind? Think about it. Is it something that dominates you or serves you? Is it something that, I mean, just like Clifford can dominate, if he's not treated well, he might act out. Or if he's got some funny ideas about what it means to be my dog, he might not behave well. But as long as I love him and I care for him like I would any dog and I let him know what right and wrong is and remind him what the values are, he's a great dog, right? How would it be for your unconscious mind to be like that? Imagine how it would impact your marriage and the other areas of your life if you automatically loved and trusted without anything in the way. Imagine how it would impact your marriage if you felt like you were good enough. Imagine how it would impact your marriage if you felt worthy of love. Imagine how it would be to just show up as yourself without worrying about what, why they're doing what they're doing or where they're coming from. Imagine what it would be like when they show up with their limiting beliefs to just say to yourself, that's your limiting belief. It's not about me. Imagine that you say to your, your, your husband or your wife, you know what? You are my home. My heart rests with you. And they say something silly like, that sounds needy. And you say, it may sound needy to you. I understand that that may sound needy to you, but my heart's with you. And by the way, you might want to do some mental and emotional release work on that because I'm just telling you I love you. Imagine how that would be instead of jumping out of your skin when they tell you something that might trigger you. It's a whole different way of living. And I invite you to really think about it and really embrace it and really look at it. And comment away. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.